Thanks, everyone. Um, first of all, I'd like to apologise to Steph. Is he here today? Steph? I don't have to... Oh, Steph, I just want to apologise to you. I was in the middle of telling a really rude joke last night and I was just about to deliver the punchline and he st- Steph stuck the microphone under my face and said, you're on live podcast. <laughs> So that's why I couldn't speak. I was speechless. (laughs) Just in case you were wondering why I was rude, I didn't mean to be. Um, No? I did that? If you can bear with me for a bit. There we go. Learning in the 21st century should be connected, engaged, relevant, challenging. And with me today, as you've probably met some of the members of our team, really highly talented people, I'd just like to introduce them a little bit deeper, a little bit further. Uh, Candice and Linda Cooper, give us a little wave. I don't think you've met Candice and Linda. Candice and Linda are responsible for registering thousands of people in our online events They run our help desk services and they moderate in our chat rooms and have skills that I don't think they understand how good they really are. Just over the years, you gather these skills of online communication. Incredible. Natty, you met yesterday. She's normally really quiet, (laughs) believe it or not. No, Natty's wonderful. And Natalie works with Janison really closely to develop the specifications, particularly for comic chat and blogs. So we had hands-on in both of those tools and all the user acceptance testing, and Natalie also run, runs events and looks after all the online communications. Sonny, our lovely Sonia Watts, um, is responsible for our data conferencing throughout the state, and Sonia runs all the training for that, online training and face-to-face, and also runs a multitude of projects, bandwidth project at the moment, because bandwidth is the devil's dog for all of us. And, of course, you met uh, Carolyn and Jim yesterday, A little story about Carolyn, they're both our senior project officers responsible for for huge professional development activities, statewide things. Carolyn uh, works with the Learning Place and with State Library. We have a wonderful partnership with State Library, so we co-fund Carolyn's wage. And the idea of that is that we use the resources from the State Library but deliver them through the Learning Place online, through chats, through our LMS, through a whole range of... um, different online vehicles and that's an exciting partnership. I think it's a first for for Queensland anyhow. Next year we're branching into the museum and also maybe, fingers crossed, QPAC, Queensland Performing Arts. So we will have Learning Place members and Learning Place staff in each of those um, very critical areas because they've got such wonderful resources. And Jim, of course, Jim looks after our Learning Place mentors. We've got 26 around the state, one in each district. They're teachers on the ground who are helping other teachers to integrate integrate online learning into the classroom. So I think that's one of the reasons that it's really powering on. I just wanted to recognise them because they're fantastic. And the stories that I'm going to share today are their stories. I'm just up here taking the credos, which is really cool. (laughs) So, thank you. We were going to run... um, I was going to do something a little bit different. Me blatting on out the front going to do a little bit of multitasking today because we're all 21st century learners. Uh, My presentation, at 10 o'clock, we were and hopefully are still going to have a chat with Barry. You know the Lou Barry with the cold bum? Um, 
Barry is over in Antarctica at the moment. Barry is an electrician and as Natty told me passionately yesterday, he's the lifeblood of Casey Camp, which without an electrician you die because basically you need power to keep you, you know, you lose warm or whatever you do. Um, so we were really looking forward today from 10 to 10.45. On that is my boring presentation and on this side was going to be a live chat with Barry and we're four schools around the state except that we're from Queensland and we forgot about one. <laughs> so you always have to remember, like Christmas around the world, Natty shared with you yesterday, there's 38 countries of Christmas around the world and involved in it, from Tunisia to Montana and all over the world, just fantastic stuff. The, the work just gone into the hours and when they can actually join in and, and most of them are getting up at 2 in the morning or you know, 11 o'clock at night. So it is an incredible thing. And then I'm standing up here and doing this presentation and I forgot about New South Wales and Queensland. So I do apologise. If it doesn't happen, and um, which I don't think it will, it, we will do it at 11 o'clock. So if you're having morning tea out there and you'd like to come in with a cuppa and we'll have it up on both screens and you can just watch the live chat. And that might be a really good chance then to talk to our officers, to our staff, and talk about the strategies because it blows me away when they start talking about how they get people to talk, how they lure them in, how they stop kids, how they bring them in. It's like a policeman, you know, like this kind of stuff. So you can watch it happening and it might be better, actually it might be better than you know, trying to do the multitasking thing. So we will have that. Um, also going to do some you talking today and hopefully some creating some visions and stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping that you can share that with me today too. So not just all me out the front. And we've also, Jim's got a blog lined up uh, and I would invite you to jump online in your own time over the next week or two. And if you go to the learning place, click on communications and uh, list project rooms and we'll have those directions up at the end. It's called Janison Conference and you can get in. We've set up a generic username for you, Janison, all lowercase, and Janison, or that's okay, we can show it later. I'll show it at the end at morning tea if you like. And, and that way, if you haven't seen a blog or if you'd like to see Janison's blog, you can get in and, and have a go yourself and uh, put up some comments or whatever you'd like to tell me. I'm fantastic. That's great. I was just joking. We are connected learners. I'm a connected learner. We can connect quickly to the minds of educational leaders, innovative people, communities of like minds very quickly. We can connect to primary sources and secondary sources. We can interact with people and resources that challenge our thinking and reflection with dialogue and peers that move us on to the next step in our learning journey. When I was thinking about that, I thought, it sounds like we're really wired, you know, like wired for sound. And I looked on the internet, oh, there's Barry, the wonderful Barry. I forgot to show that. And I found all these really weird people. Um, <laughs> but that's not what I mean by wired. It's amazing what you can find on, the, find on the net. What I mean, and I'll show through the, my bibliography, if you like. I hope that's not too blurry. You know, when you do it in inspiration, sometimes it looks a bit blurry. This is the thinking that I went through to be standing up here today. And I just thought I'd share that with you because as I was... Um, I was thinking about writing it into a paper and I started writing down things like podcasts, web quests, data conferences. And I thought, gee, I haven't actually read anything yet. 
I've only listened to people and I've, and I've watched George Simons, Jay Cross and Stephen Downs. Look for them. That's absolutely brilliant. It's a wonderful data conference talking about connectivism, which is George's you know, theory, learning theory for the digital age. I watched Mark Prinsky in a, um, a podcast. I've listened to Tom March, you know, WebQuest guru. I've listened to Tom uh, giving his keynote by a you know, video conference. So there's just so much multimedia out there. By the time I actually got to read all the stuff on the right-hand side, so all of those people have written um, articles and papers and so on. Seymour Pappet's back in action. He's got some fantastic stuff if you want to have a look at Seymour. So all of that stuff then kind of made sense to me because... I was listening to George and Mark, I call first name now, you know, and I don't, don't know who I am. Tom, all of those people, I listened to them and I heard their thinking, their, their thinking about what they were writing in their papers, which is really quite extraordinary. It's, almost, it's like voyeurism of the mind almost. Just thought I'd share that with you. I explored new ideas. I discussed my findings. I argued with people I didn't even know which was brilliant, like we're tossing back ideas. I was in a chat room once on connectivism and all these people were challenging my thinking and it made me stop and reflect and go back and read again and think, oh yeah, I didn't quite get that right. And I considered how it all fit together. Mark Anderson made that comment. Let's have a think about what that means. I thought about that. I thought, yeah, hmm, that's nice. And I'm not, I'm not limited by a teacher. I'm my own learner. I'm an independent learner. So it's true for me. And then I thought, it's true for me, but why am I going, ee? Well, I don't think it's true for everyone. So I think it's true if you have fast connection to the internet. If you have a device and an e-learning environment that you feel safe and secure in, you know, you're not going to be jumped on by some loser and given a mouthful. If you have a relevant problem, it wasn't until I knew I had to stand up here that I thought, oh, geez, I better, I better get out there and find something so that I'm actually making sense to my peers. I needed, I needed to have great experience at filtering knowledge. The stuff that I went through was extraordinary, as does any learner, as does any university student researching or senior student who's doing that kind of stuff. The days of you read a couple of books in a magazine and look at a microfiche are over. It's an extraordinary amount of information to get through. I had to be an effective communicator with my peers in chat rooms and in podcasts and in all of this different stuff. And I had to be independent and I had to be collaborative. That's not true for all kids, is it? It's not true. So that's our role. That's where I see teachers' roles, to make sure that that stuff and schools' roles... So for the teacher, it's to help the kid become independent and collaborative and an effective communicator, and it's the student's responsibility too. And for the school, it's their responsibility to have great professional development activities and to think about the learning environment that would support a connected learner. And for the system, like Education Queensland, like New South Wales, DEPT, so on, it's their responsibility then to make sure that the infrastructure's in place that it's secure, that it's safe, that it's rich. And I think Education Queensland is along that pathway. That's the pathway that we're moving. And I know a lot of states are too. It's been exciting to um, talk to Sue recently and a number of other people that um, 
the Northern Territory crowd, re and die coming up. So that's been really good to share stories. It's been brilliant. So to our students without, oh, sorry. So to our students with connection and with our students with all of those capabilities, I've been playing with this idea of putting it together. What does this look like as a diagram? And you'll see down the bottom here, I can move around, this is fantastic. Mobile phones, WAP, VoIP, PDAs, tablets. You can use whatever device you want. And um, over the other side, all of the different learning environments, the blogs, the LMSs, the podcasts, the COPs, and pulling that all together, of course, the big bluey is the person who's actually doing it. I felt that this was one representation of what it's like to learn online and be a connected learner. And I'm sure there's stuff missing. And I love the diagram that you showed yesterday, Northern Territory, sorry, yeah, that you showed yesterday of, of all those sparky interactions because that's more what it looks like. But for me... This is all the stuff and how it gets put together. To our students without connection at home or school, without modelling of digital literacies, without a teacher who can challenge their thinking and lead them into worlds they've never dreamt about, learning looks like this. Learning in the 21st century is quickly moving towards the haves and the have-nots, the connected and the unconnected. Scary thought. I showed that recently to a group of principals and um, because, yeah, no, I won't go there. Um, and I heard a, and a principal came up to me after and he said, I thought we were doing great stuff with our kids. And he said, we don't even use the internet. And he thought, I was thinking of it as just finding information. He didn't even think about blogs and wikis and podcasts and data conferences and all of the wonderful stuff in the digital repositories and online museums and stuff. Didn't think about that. So that diagram brought it home for him, which I, I thought was a, a good thing. And this is happening in a time when schools today are being called on to educate to educate students in a world of change and complexity. And Mark Prinsky's thinking, students who are digital natives, when we are digital immigrants. The teacher on the right-hand side of the screen is um, a close friend. He's also one of our Learning Place mentors. And I remember at a conference he said, and we were doing comic chat or something, and he went, oh, never get this. And someone just happened to take his photo. And he went, oh, thanks. But it's true, it's hard. It's, it's not a natural thing, you know, that whole, even what it is. Mark goes on to say, and I hope you can read that. Can anyone not read it? I was being creative, <laughs> doing my blues. Today's students are no longer the people our educational system was designed to teach. That's true for some people. For some students, I believe there are students who are connected students who use multimedia all the time and I don't think they're just four years old. I think they're 10 years old and 15 years old and 19 years old. They live and breathe this stuff. 
They've grown up in a world that abounds with information. They don't need to deeply engage in everything that passes their way. They grab what they need, remember where they found it, and they know who else knows more than them so that they can connect to those people and learn about it when they need to. Just watch a teenager learning how to play Warcraft on the net. Watch my son the other day. They're extraordinary learners. Their learnings are social and action-orientated and dependent on group knowledge. We take that one step further. There's two other thinkings. I was reading uh, George Simons, and the top bit is his theory of connectivity, which, of connectivism, which you've all read, no doubt. It's about diversity. It's about learning through others' experience. It's about capacity to know more, not just focus on what is known. It's about seeing connections between things, and it's about accurate information because knowledge is just a point in time, he points out. Knowledge changes all the time. So it's important we know how to get the new knowledge and how to create new knowledge. Marrying that with Andrew Fuller, I really like reading Andrew's stuff about, because I've got two teenagers, and when I look at my 16-year-old and my 19-year-old being wonderful, and I think, it's okay, their frontal lobe's still under construction. (laughs) I really like that. And they rely on emotions to learn. And in a classroom, is it, are classrooms emotive when you're actually learning? Are you getting in touch with their emotions when they're learning? Like Natty did yesterday. With, Natty made that bridge to you yesterday and made it a real thing for some people in the room. Strong need for relevance in all learning. You know, they don't get it if it's not relevant to them. Marry that up with George Simons. Then all teachers, schools and educational systems should be supporting real-time, relevant, connected, diverse conversations with global learning communities. It makes sense. That's the thing that turns them on. And we see that every day. Every day we see kids wanting to talk to the Anzac Gallipoli soldier and hear the stories of what it was like to be there, except they're all dead now, but some of them still have buddies that were there. That was a good one, Jane. Um, it, it just makes sense to marry those two things and bring it online. I'd like to take you beside, behind the scenes now and show you a bit about the learning place, about the full picture of the learning place. Another one very powerful story, and um, hopefully that'll pull it all together, because the learning place is built on that one premise. I can remember seeing that in 2001. I love Joan Dalton's work. Plot is just extraordinary, professional learning online tool. If you haven't had a look at that, please do. The URL's there. And Joan says that, that that's central to everything. So on that premise, everything in the learning place was based around strong communication, every learning environment, everything that we do. And to take that one bit further... Uh, Joan has a a framework, a hands-on pedagogy framework that has six essential elements in it, deep understanding, communication and so on. So everything that we do, the learning environments and our work with Janison, is built on our understanding of what good learning is. Our PD activities, our courses, our student activities, our online events. We're always thinking, what's the purpose of this? How can it benefit the learner? And how can it support those six elements. And I think from that, when teachers see that and they can see the the constructivist way that things are built, then that's a a really good first step. So each learning experience is unique. Tools that are used in the learning need to be flexible and learning options open to be changed instantly. That's what I love about Janison. The power is with the people. 
The power isn't with us. You know, how many times systems, you have to wait six days before you get permission to do something or longer. Whereas with Janison, as you know, you can create project rooms on the fly. Teachers can sit in their classroom and create a, a blog. Jim did this morning. He created three blogs, or a, a blog with three different elements in it for you to participate in. But on the fly stuff is just so important. <clears throat> That's the front page of the Learning Place. I invite you to, to go there and share it. It's um, education.pld.gov.au slash learningplace. There's four areas of the Learning Place. Online learning and teachers and actually the ones with the ticks are what you guys can do. So it's, this isn't just for Queensland. You can participate in just about everything. It's just the create bit that we're holding off on and we're just about to open up to Catholic and independent schools in Queensland and then after that hopefully we're talking just before maybe to TAFE or I don't know we'll just explore new boundaries and do it as we can because you don't want to open up to the world and then find that you can't cope and cater. So teachers and, and yourself can participate in online courses. Uh, our teachers can choose ready to go and I think you might have seen the catalogue. We've got about um, 300, I think, quality assured courses from K to 12 and then for the 70,000 staff. So there's also courses for teachers on professional learning. There's courses for uh, public servants. There's training courses. It's not just for kids. It's for the whole community of an education system. Teachers can, or staff can develop their own online courses and there's 3,500, I think, sitting there at the moment. They can create virtual classrooms to support dynamic stuff. Um, our virtual schooling service and schools of distance ed run all their work through there and using data conferencing too. And we also develop courses. Sorry, it sounds like I'm a commercial company now, but we do develop courses for, um, actually we're in partnership with TAFE at the moment, delivering an Ollie, delivering three VET courses around Indigenous education. So we do do a lot of development work too. Our communication tools, as you know, are Janison. And we've worked pretty hard over the last three years with Janison to bring them up to what we want. And they've been brilliant at that. They've created a unique system for us that isn't, that's sitting outside their LMS. So it's absolutely brilliant. Chat rooms, comic chat forums and so on. Our moves are actually with Central Queensland University. That's more of a trialy thing, but you're welcome to join our moves if you like, if you're into multi-object orientated environments. And we also have video data and telephone conferencing systems. So the whole thing is um, integrated. It's quite large and I think it, it suits the beginning learner right through to the power user. We've got professional learning communities, uh, communities that are closed within our learning management system. And we've also got open professional learning communities or PLCs. I think there's about 300 or so of them, 405. They're dynamic ASP using SQL 2000 in the back end. Uh, collaborative online projects, a new area that we've just uh, developed and I'll show you some screens of that, wraps and so on. Book wraps, film wraps, music wraps, travel buddies, virtual field trips and a new student authoring area that for just for generic projects. Uh, so anyone from anywhere in the world can participate in those things. 
If you want to create your own, though, at the moment, you have to be an affiliate member or a, or a, a teacher within our system. But eventually we'll open it up because collaborative means collaborative. But if you have teachers that might be interested in that in your school, like Knox College or whatever, please uh, direct them to us. Um, that would be brilliant. That's what our wrap area looks like. <clears throat> Does everyone know what a wrap is? Might be some people that don't. It's just a four-week pro- project that has a higher-order thinking question around a book or a film or a, a music piece, and kids from all over the world can join in and, and share their thinkings on it. Travel buddies, wonderful adventures. So these little soft toys go on missions all over the world. Um, absolutely wonderful stuff. Carolyn's going to run. Carolyn, the treasure. Sorry, do you just want to throw up there? No, go on. Just throw there, that's fine. So if you'd like to join in that, even if you are at a university and you've got students and you're teaching students, lecturing students who are going to be our teachers of the future, join them in. Our four of our universities do that with their fourth year students. So they're part and parcel of the learning place. They have a project that's an assessment item. They create a project room. They participate in one of our online events. So they actually see what it's like. Um, they lurk, I suppose, and work things out that way. Oh, that's just the, one of the travel buddies, like an online diary. A virtual field trip, so students studying an area that they normally can't go to, and we're pretty excited about Google Earth and all the GIS stuff and bringing that in, so looking forward to that. And last but not least is our curriculum exchange. We, we use uh, the Learning Edge. Is Chris here? Learning Edge, Learning Edge? No? Chris isn't here, Dan. Wasted. <laughs> I thought I might have got a bottle of wine off him. Um, the Learning Edge is a content management system and the Curriculum Exchange has literally thousands of teaching ideas, units, EduSites are quality assured, reviewed sites, uh, classroom resource reviews, um, Macquarie Net, Hot Topics, Gateways, RSS feeds. It does federated searches out to Edna, Gem, Merlot, all of the major uh, significant educational databases has a learning object repository with uh, all of the learning objects that are currently in the Learning Federation and more as they come on board. In 2006, we'll have media galleries, audio galleries, video galleries, and all of that plugs into the back end of our um, learning management system. So all in all, that's pretty neat stuff, all the metadata's underpinning it, all the IP, all the copyrights being sorted on it, of course. So our teachers, it can limit their breaking of the rules and, of course, Plot, my favourite thing in all the world, professional learning online tool. It's a strategic leadership tool that we've seen schools go from 
pretty nasty places to be and it's turned the culture around so that it's about building relationships and having shared vision and the shared strategies to build a very strong professional learning community and that marries to a very strong student learning community. Incredible piece of work by Joan, um, but it's there if you'd like to have a look. That's the learning place at the moment. We're growing and whatevering. We're going to get the debating tool um, and work with Janison next year. So that's, that's something I'm really looking forward to. And maybe a wiki. I'll have to talk to you about a wiki too. Um, just lots, of, lots and lots of exciting things coming up. So what does that look like for a classroom teacher? And we thought we'd just about be throwing to Barry now, and I thought this might be a nice lead-in. This is uh, how a year uh, middle schooling teacher, Greg Cooper from Kawungan, which is up where the whales are at Harvey Bay, Greg uh, did a wonderful unit of work around Antarctica and he used every area of the learning place. Give him a little Mars bar for that. He had online events with scientist Sean Walsh. Uh, Sean, I think he's come back now, but at the time he was there. And uh, you'll see in the next photo, he actually sent a, um, had a virtual field trip around it and he also had a travel buddy which was sitting in the skidoo or whatever it's called. I don't think I can see it there. Uh, you'll notice um, Sean had a blog, he had chats, forums and there's a curriculum exchange tip which is all the strategies and units of work and so on that you can use around that particular topic. This is just one. I mean, he could have you know, done it with frogs or rainforests or whatever the thing is. I'm just showing you the Antarctic one. And the online learning, we've got a ready-to-go course that was actually developed for students uh, who are at risk. And we did that with the... Oh, help me out there. They're the, you know, the schools that they're not real schools. They're alternative schools. We did it for those kinds of kids. <laughs> Sorry. Um, very highly interactive, lots of media, really, really high interest stuff. I'd love to show you, but I um, actually we could have forgot online. If people are interested at morning tea, we can show you that. And just a little comment from Greg. It was fantastic. But every unit that Greg does is similar to that. He's a, he's a great teacher. I'm going to get you to work now. Listen to me enough, I think. Going to marry two people off again. I like doing that. Or three people. Arnold and Ryan. Isn't that a great comment? And you see that little dude yesterday, the little grandchild Barry showed? Um, that little boy is going to create his own communities. And that's what students do. They don't live on the edge of our parents. I used to go to my parents' barbecues and that was it. Whereas my, my children have these massive networks that I'm not even aware of. I don't even know that they know these people. And if you, draw, if you marry that up with, align it with George Simons, that learning is no longer an internal individual activity. <clears throat> so those two thoughts in your mind. What are the learning skills and tasks needed for learners to flourish in the digital era? And the other question posed by Joan, which is more an emotional intelligence question, what qualities, dispositions, characteristics, capacities and values will young people need to develop to thrive and contribute to their future world? These are critical questions for educators because the answers should change our curriculum, should influence our pedagogy and should drive what we do in educational systems. 
I'd like to invite you to help us answer those questions because your answers, I'm going to push through my system and I'm hoping that you might be able to use the answers too, which we'll put up in the blog after to share and you can just download them. On your table, you'll see a sticky note pad and a pen. If we could have one scribe per table, which would be brilliant. Up on the left-hand side, you'll see three coloured bits of paper. There's a... Um, what colour is the one on this side? Orange. The orange one is the learning skills. The middle one is the tasks. And the end green one is the attitudes. So you're looking for three things. Learning skills, tasks, attitudes. All really important things. One word per bit of paper. That's all. So just sharing. Just I don't care if you just focus on one area or if you want to just do all of them. That's absolutely brilliant. When you feel you've just about brainstormed yourself out of existence, if you could pick up all of your bits of paper and bring them over here and we'll just do a bundling activity on the wall. So all the like things, like uh, has to be communicative or collaborative. So all the collaborative ones would come down in a line. All of reflective learner or whatever would come down in another line. So we can just start to see what's in everyone's head and we can see commonalities. And if I'd like, um, just as a stopping, I know this is yucky and primary school-ish, but it's, can you live with me sticking my hand up to bring quiet? Is that acceptable by everyone? Beg your pardon? You'd like a whistle? (laughs) I, I would prefer to do that because I think it's mindful of that just because a person wants another person to stop talking, you might want to finish your conversation. Um, So if you can live with it, I'll do that. And if that doesn't work, I'll use the whistle. (laughs) Um, The only other thing is how much time do you need? Ten minutes? Is that enough? Ten? So in ten minutes' time, could we please have them all in bundles across the wall? And if everyone could be standing loosely around those so we can have a conversation about it. Thank you very much. If I could invite everyone, invite everyone over here, please. If you could stand up and come over. Thank you. Yes, please. Could I invite you over here, please, just for a minute? Be upstanding. Thank you. If I could invite you over. Would you mind coming over? Is that all right? Thank you. Yes, please. All going over here. Thank you. Bring five people with you. (laughs) If I could invite you all over. Could you round them up nicely? Thank you. Thank you. If we could just gather in a very large semicircle, uh, large tall people to the back, please. <laughs> I don't want to be diversity or whatever, but it works. <laughs> Thanks, Candice. That's fine. Some will drop to the floor, and when they do, we'll just go, ah, <laughs> there's a thought. Before we start, 
If I could invite everyone, please come in so you can see the wall. If you don't mind sitting, if you'd like to sit on a chair at the front, if you'd like to sit on the floor, whatever you like, if you'd like to stand closer at the back, please make sure that you can read it. I just didn't... Adult learners are terrible. Come on, come forward. I'll get Sonny on you. She'll crack the whip at the back there. So please come so we can share because this is quite incredible. The experience in this room is extraordinary. And the thinkings that you have on this topic are already well-founded and well along, as, which is why you're here. We're in an online learning conference. We're in an online communications conference. So first of all, I'd like to thank you for participating in such a collaborative way and for sharing your thoughts with everyone. It was really quite amazing walking around the room and listening to the conversations. They were very powerful. For those who can see, is there anyone at the back? Can you read that at all? Or? Yeah, okay. So you can, I can go through and give some, a glimmer of each stream if you'd like. Would you like me to do that or not? No? Uh, learning skills, literacy, collaborative, independent, creative, flexible, a whole lot on critical, collaborative, constructivist. Curious, isn't that a fantastic word? That's a learning skill, to be curious. Multitasking, filtering information, literate, 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 technology literate, filter literate, understanding, self-directed, communicating. I'm just doing a snapshot for people. Tasks, synthesise, analyse, evaluate, all higher order, all up there, Kazali things. Reflective comes through very strongly. Organic rather than concrete. E-abilities, scaffolded learning, multi-leveled problem-solving, articulated, variety, critical analysis, recognising different... This is absolutely incredible. We could write a paper on this. <laughs> incredible stuff. Attitudes, inquisitive, curious, curious, inquiry, direction, adaptable, flexible, ethical, tolerant. Tolerant comes through again. Flexible comes through. Reflective comes through very powerfully. Risk taker, acceptance, intellectual honesty. Thank you, the person who shared that. Comments. Yep, absolutely. Which means we can't be afraid either. <laughs> Just general sharing. Any comments, anything you'd like to note? Okay, thank you. Yes, it's a good point. Thank you. Maybe we need a fourth category. <laughs> the task seems easy, like the learning skills and the attitudes are obviously the biggest ones. And I was surprised when you said up there there's not a lot of doubling up. Mm. But, but they seem to be the two bigger areas. Like yeah. The task must, well, seat must be a lot easier mm. because they're going to already have those things. Isn't this extraordinary? The depth of it. The attitudes, the dispositions, the character of, of the person, the adult that we want our children to become. Sorry, the other way around. The, the child we want... No, you know what I mean. <laughs> the adult we want our children to become. I got it right. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good point. 
Fantastic point. Are our teachers this? You know, in every car. And I know some teachers who are, but our, our teachers that. That's a really good point. So maybe our professional development programs have to be focused on, on that kind of... Maybe our professional development programs have to really make sure that we cater for this. Yeah. Great point. Thank you. No. So you'll have It's like the it's a foundation, isn't it? Right. Yeah, for everything else. Great, thank you. There was uh, yeah. yeah. I just wonder if there's anything anything that we don't that's going to be lost to all the sectors. Interesting. Okay. I was wondering Explicit. We have to explicitly teach to these things. It's no longer can it be an implicit thing. We have to explicitly teach inquiry. We have to explicitly model openness in our own practice and being ethical and being a risk taker in our own practice. Now, I don't think kids have that. Not at all. I text my son to dinner, so I can't talk about that. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm scared of his room, you know, I'm not going in there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Maybe we do. Yeah, you watch someone on a Game Boy and... It's engaging them for a long period of time, but making the task really short and highly multimedia and active and and relevant, which is the initial. But I think the tendency in the digital Mm. era is to make that more of the tasks are shorter. Yeah. And I think we might lose some of that ability. But I have the attention span of a gnat, and you know got 200 things going at any one point in time and I have to focus on my budget for 10 minutes, I'm gone, um, which is why I spend too much money. Oh, sorry, <laughs> it's a budget. I guess um, I'm reflecting on a number of things because I was at a conference in Sydney before coming here and, um, and one of the keynote speakers talked about 
the kids texting rather than talking and I actually think that we need to remember that we still need to be able to talk to each other mm-hmm. and so perhaps the voice technology needs to be used more yeah. than the chat and type mm-hmm. technology. And that's married up with our bandwidth, isn't it? Gee, I've used married a lot. Sorry. I promise I won't say it again. <laughs> but our bandwidth is critical to a lot of these technologies. Yeah. It's interesting, my daughter's school burnt down and oh, one big building of it and it's an ancient 100-year-old building and it burnt down at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, her grandmother rang her at 6 in the morning and said, Nikki, your school burnt down. I just heard it on the radio. And she said, I know, Grandma. I found out at 1 minute past 2. And then I've had regular 10-minute updates, text messaging, from her friends who lived around the school. And, uh, you know, that's that thing about the communities that they create. They don't need ours. They don't need to hear it on the radio sometimes. They know about it. They do need to talk, Yes. I agree with that entirely, but it seems to me, um, particularly with the secondary education system, we're putting up all these barriers to that uh, communication, like I'm thinking, for an example, um, your blogs, uh, no RSS feed. I wonder if you could oh, speak to that. On, we're working on that, Steph. I mean, <laughs> and that's something I've actually spoken to um, Janison about, to Wayne about. The first step was getting it up and getting it functional for our students and getting it safe. The second step is RSS feeds, which I know Natty and I have been talking about. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely we'll be doing that, but they'll be selected RSS feeds. But, I mean, this is, I guess, what I'm talking about. There's this mm. tendency to have all this fear and paranoia around children and the internet yeah. and children in communication. There's some cases of a private school uh, where blogs are actually banned. The children, yeah. if they, because the view is that the identities they form in public space reflect on the school. Mm. So in, in fashion of a public school, if you do something that um, damages the image of the school on the street, mm. well, that's the same as if you do it in cyberspace. So mm. the school is coming to terms with the idea that cyberspace is a community and how you act in that community is the same as on the physical, sure. physical street. But yeah. why ban blogs? I mean, that's a bit equivalent to saying we're, we're going to ban you from walking on the street. I mean, it's, mm. it's the most astonishing mentality. Rather than teaching children the skills to be able to... Um, ethically and responsibly mediate in the in, in, the, in cyberspace. Mm-hmm. They just want to put walls up. Yes, and I've read that argument with um, Stephen Downs, is a very strong advocate of that open communication, open world. Why do we have systems like Education Queensland who doesn't allow people to come in and talk to their students? And I'm sorry, but I'm going to stand on that because we have year threes who are in there and I'm not going to have them be abused by someone in Kentucky and get a mouthful from them or whatever. And I'm not backing down on that. I understand the power of that, and I understand the power of allowing children to have those skills, which should be up there. I saw e-abilities, and that's an e-ability. But the fact of the matter is they don't, and their teachers don't. So until that happens, we're doing it in a very safe, very secure environment. And then when that happens, perhaps we can open up to our senior students or to our schools of distance ed or that kind of thing. But for the moment, I'm protective. When you have closed institutions, or what I would call silos of learning, I'll just for the yeah. audience, where you have institutions that are effective silos, silos of learning, mm-hmm. and they create themselves as the, the gatekeepers of authority yeah. and control, the children have the most to fear on the people in those institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, the, most, um, the, the most abuse that children have faced have been from institutions, not from 
the, the wider public or on the internet or whatever like that. So it's closing institutions yes. and putting these boundaries around institutions. This creates a culture of abuse. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. We probably have to agree to disagree because, yeah, because I think we need to have a safe environment. Yeah. 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 I watch my I watch my daughter on the net like a hawk. Um, but yeah. One of the things that worries me along those lines is that in I don't know about other states, but certainly in South Australia we have filtering of our internet access, and so at schools the kids have um, ev everything's filtered out, and you can't do the bit on bogus websites, for example, because you can't get to the bogus websites because they're not real things. And what we are doing is creating this really safe environment but then sending our kids home to a totally unfiltered environment and I'm not entirely sure that the teachers who are dealing with the kids are always aware of the fact that they have a responsibility to ensure that when the kids go home mm -hmm. they've got some understanding of what they're accessing there. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, so that That's up here, isn't it, somewhere? Everything in the attitude is fearless and curious and inquisitive and eager. Stranger danger. Thank you for the person who put that. <laughs> um, so I think perhaps um, uh, learning to, to be safe in the, in the open Thank internet you. world and perhaps to be aware of those issues, um, that might be okay. an attitude or a skill really perhaps that they need to acquire. This is a conversation that will go on. And if we could move this conversation to our blog. Oh, thank you. And that will be the last one, and then we'll better oh, move great. on because Wayne will kill me. I don't get the last day at home, so it'll be really good here. <laughs> and you won't get it here yeah. either. <laughs> um, sort of going back a little bit to what was said before, because I've thinking about this question for a while. We're looking at these items that we've come up with and sort of reflecting back onto the question that was originally asked. <clears throat> and I think someone said there, what do we do about people that don't have these skills? So we're going to have people that don't have these skills who won't flourish. So we have to teach them these skills. But what, what method are we going to go about to teach some of these where we've got things like self-discipline where we're trying to go into an era where they learn themselves, that they can construct things themselves, but ultimately maybe we may have to fall back onto the older systems and the older learning styles to actually build these foundation skills to get them going. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think any of the, the learning theories, you know, Vygotsky or anything like that, is thrown out. This should be scaffolded. It should be deeply supported and it should be all of the things that we know and love moved online. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just think sometimes it seems like the conversation sort of moves away from, from those older learning styles and says, we're going with this because these people um, like to learn in this particular way. Mm. But in learning in this particular way, they may almost become their own worst enemy by not being dedicated to a project, not being dedicated to what they're doing because they have this short attention span. Mm. So, so therefore, yeah, it's... Um, I kind of see sometimes that there might be some, in some instances, some of those skills are very hard to teach and uh, it may, by letting them go in a certain direction, they may sort of start into this downward sort of spiral. So it needs to sort of go back to some of those older learning styles to actually do these. So we've actually got a two-step process. Yep. And that's the importance of a good teacher in that whole equation.
Could I? Thank, thank you. you for that. Could I invite you back to your places? While you're settling, uh, Stephen Heppel, just some reflections from Ultralab on what this means. Thank you, everyone. In the last 15 minutes, I'd like to share with you one very powerful different story. And if you'd like to read more of the Stephen Heppel Ultralab, uh, there's a wonderful document out, research out that has been going on for 18 months with Ultralab called Building Learning Futures. It's on the Ultralab site if you're interested, in it, if you haven't read it already. Oops, well, there's my big finale, just stuffed up. <laughs> I'd like to share one story called Ollie Up. And this is a different story. This is a story of the iSupport program currently being run through Education Queensland. And it uses ICTs to engage students who would be in the top 5% of massive behaviour problems. These kids have been expelled, they hate school. They're unacceptable in a classroom for a whole variety of reasons. They're unhappy souls. The norm hasn't worked for them. And what we've, what we've been trialling, and it's more than a trial now because it's actually implemented out across the state, is students working in small online groups and a huge focus on self-esteem, putting the fun back into learning for them, and having peer tutors and, and having them peer tutoring others. I think Barry made the point, or was it Barry or Northern Territory made the point yesterday about you remember 95% of what you teach. So that's one of the premises in this environment. There's two sections to it. There's Ollie Up for middle schooling students, targeting those three areas, and Stepping Stones, which is more around helping them to be comfortable in the work and to feel good about themselves in the workforce, so a good school-to-work transition. Has anyone heard of it? I love that kid. Hasn't he got great hair? That's a lot of big bed hair. Um, that's one of the boys in the middle schooling area. Their teacher is Zoe, who works in the learning place. Zoe is a brilliant teacher. And I love that photo too because it shows how they're using comic chat totally engaged, loving what he'd done, and he was writing his own story at the time. That kid's never written a story in his life. Um, and here he is creating characters and doing wonderful stuff. The tools they use, chats, forums, blogs, comic chat, data conferencing, telephone conferencing, online courses, webcams, all range of multimedia, a significant amount of multimedia and development of CD-ROMs and 
because product is important to them too. That's, that's really critical. I'd like to share a story through video because I think that's probably the best way to do it of uh, one particular element. This has been running a while. So Claremont State High School, which is in central Queensland, and Dutton Park State School working together on a robotic project. And you'll see in the top corners there the two students from the state school with their mentors. Some are parents, some are teacher librarians, some are teachers. The important thing is that they're long-term. They're not going to be here for a month and gone. They have to be there for a full year or more, and they have to build a strong relationship with the kids. Down in the bottom left-hand corner, that's Judy Lanham, who's one of our Learning Place mentors, and she's facilitating the online discussion. Where's Wayne? Did we check sound? Did we? Uh, Sorry. On the back box? Thank you. Hey there, boys and girls. When I'm travelling around the world on my motorbike making great movies, I like to keep in touch with all the folks back home. I always thought, you know, maybe an email and an occasional photograph would be a good thing, but, man, here in this place, they've got this online communication stuff down to an art form. Let's have a chat to Zoe and find out what it's all about. Hi, Albert. How are you today? I'm great. I was just telling everyone that this is uh, something that about um, kids and online communities and stuff that you're doing here. What's it all about? Welcome to the virtual schooling service. Thank you. This is my classroom, and from here we join classes from all over Queensland. Where are the kids? There's no kids in this classroom. No, this is the virtual schooling service, Albert. We have two children from Claremont and two children from Dutton Park in Brisbane. Oh, excellent. One group, the group that we're going to join today are actually working on robotics. So how are we going to talk to them? Via the telephone and also via the computer. Today we've actually got a lesson coming on in about five minutes, Albert. Sensational. Hello, Greg. We've got a special visitor online today. Hey, Albert Bear. Uh, hello, Greg. How are you? Good. Greg, where are you? Dutton Park State School. Oh, Dutton Park. Excellent. Are you coming to be making robots today? Yeah. Have you made one already? Yes. Could we come and see your robot sometime then, Greg? Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm very excited. We'll see you soon, Greg. Well, here we are at Dutton Park primary school where we've come to meet Zoe and Greg who have been part of the robot class that we were seeing this morning. Hi guys. Hello. So you're Zoe. Hello Zoe. Hello. Normally you'd be um, talking to the kids online and learning about robots, yeah? Yeah. Are you guys in the same class? Yes. And what grade are you in? Four. Have you been doing it all year? Yes. Yeah. Are other kids in your class doing the online virtual schooling subjects as well? No. Just you two? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess you're pretty lucky then. Yeah. Do you want to show us your robot? Yep. Okay, let's show it then. Come on, Albert. Yes, yeah, so how do you get your robots to move then? You just got to program it. Okay. You have to go to um, Robo Lab and then you got to program it.
students pick their own content. They negotiate their learning with Zoe or whoever their teacher is. And in that particular point, uh, the Claremont State High School and the Dutton Park, both of those cohorts wanted to learn more about robotics. So that was the content. And then all of the tools of Janison and whatever else they needed, data conferencing and telephone conferencing, was drawn in to, to support it. Each time they used different ones, different tools though. For this particular one, I love this story. This is um, the very first thing that Zoe ever ran. So it was actually last year or the year before, sport, sport, sport. That was last year actually. And each child had to pick a sporting hero. And Zoe promised them that whichever hero they picked, she would get them online. And she did. I don't know how, but she did. It was absolutely brilliant. It was initiated by student interest. It culminated in the students designing a virtual sporting area and organising an online meeting and an online opening of that sporting environment. Uh, Brooke Hansen, the Olympic swimmer, and that's Brooke down in the bottom, uh, what is it, your left, <laughs> left-hand corner. Brooke was actually flying out to the World Swimming Championships the next day and she still hopped online with them. Uh, the, the lovely Wendy Schaefer, absolutely brilliant. There's a, a, a nice kid called Chloe who was really struggling, 14 years old, been expelled a couple of times, and Chloe is horse crazy, her whole family is, and she wanted Wendy Schaefer, but Wendy was actually in an airport on her way to Athens, and she hopped online, and she spoke to the kids. And the powerful thing about it is it's not just getting in and talking to, you know, Chloe or whoever, Chloe was actually the introducer of, that's not a very good word, but the facilitator of the chat. And all of the kids in her uh, class, in her year nine class, joined in the chat. They're all horse mad too because they're out you know, on properties and so on. And they joined in the chat. Chloe was the expert and she was the person who had arranged all this and, and got Wendy online. And the parents... Chloe's parents were there too because they were so excited. Wendy Schaefer was a big hero of the mums. So the whole family hopped online. And the mum uh, told Zoe, our teacher, the next day that that night at dinner it was exciting because for months every dinner was horrendous together because Chloe was always in trouble or something had happened and it was, you know, 14-year-olds. You know them. Uh, but that dinner was special. There was excitement and there was happiness and it built that girl's self-esteem and now she's going on and she's doing sub-senior and senior, whereas before she was going to drop out. So that's a, that's a really nice story. Some of the outcomes, are, they're absolutely huge outcomes, quite significant. And I'll just finish this story with what these two boys that are going to come on the video, it's very, very short, and they're talking about what it's like and these two boys are very, very intelligent, highly intelligent boys who just didn't want to go to school anymore. Hi, I'm Jackson and this is Lyndon. We're both from Clement State School and we've been doing stuff like I'm making a media backdrop for a dance performance that Heatley and Gaindar State School or High School did. And... Um, we work online with Baralaba and there's a couple more schools involved as well. Um, I like doing all the stuff with computers and the webcams and stuff and Pinnacle. 
I like it all. It's all fun. Good fun. Yeah, I like it all. I love that. It's gorgeous. I'd like to share a story of the world of tomorrow just to finish. Something for you to think about with all the conversations and the thinkings that we've had. Join it up with this story called The World of Tomorrow. It was written by Joan Dalton and I tweaked it. Joan was writing about two kids who found a book in the attic, so I changed it and put a technology focus on it with Joan's permission, of course. Come take a leap of imagination with Granny Jane and take a look at the world of tomorrow through the eyes of her grandchild. Wow, an old-fashioned computer, Zephyr exclaimed. An old-fashioned computer, Zephyr exclaimed. Her friend Zach was visiting and they'd been exploring the boxes and trunks in Granny Jane's attic. You saw a quick glimpse of it. Reverently, thank you. Reverently, they lifted the PDA from the old chest and dusted off the ancient lair in which it had lain for a very long time. Turning the yellow screen, they eyed in wonder at the clunky keys, the knobs, the switches that were on the device. Even when they turned it on, the flat screen showed its menu. Words were still there, unmoving. Zephyr told her how when her grandmother was a little girl, all the computers were either on or off. What a waste, said Zach. I guess people had to sit at the same place to use them, then threw them away when they became old. My digital body screen, DBS, My DBS absorbs latest updates without me even knowing. I must have millions of resources, people and packages at my mind's edge, and it's good for plenty more. That wasn't the only thing that was different, said Zephyr knowingly. My Granny Jane, so there was a time when the kids in the same neighbourhood went to one building called school. They grouped the kids into classes of more than 20, and kids of the same age did their learning in the same room with the same teacher. Wow, said Zach. I can't imagine how you could learn stuck in one room all day, those poor kids, having to speak to the same adults all day. What, no experts? No info robos? What about group speaks? Gaming? Mm -mm. Yep, my Granny Jane says that lots of people call them the good old days, but she finds learning these days much more exciting than when she was teaching. She works on the mind's edge of many learning communities in action. She's working today with a scientific learning community, I think. Thank you.